This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. From Fox News, it's The Campaign with Brett Baer. The 2020 campaign for president is over. And this week on The Campaign, we're looking back at some of the panel's first impressions of the Democratic primaries. On February 3rd, 2020, Brett and the panel discussed the Democratic field going into the Iowa caucus. We'll start there with our decision team. Chris Steyerwald, Fox News politics editor. Darren Shaw, University Distinguished Teaching Professor at the University of Texas. Chris Anderson, President of Beacon Research. And Arnon Mishkin, Director of the Fox News Decision Desk. Gentlemen, good to see you or hear you. Nice to be here. Great to be here, Brett. Arnon, let's start with you. Um, The more the Hillary Clintons or the Democratic Party establishment speak out about concern about Bernie and his supporters, the more it seems to empower them and to give them the talking point that here we go again. The Democratic Party establishment is going to try to take it away from me. I completely agree with you. And I think one of the interesting things we're going to find out once we get the results of the Fox News voter analysis in in Iowa and also New Hampshire and other places is the extent to which that's true Um, and the extent to which the Sanders people or the other people would be satisfied if someone other than than their candidate is the nominee. And I think that's going to be one of the most interesting stories of of the primary and caucus nights. Darren, tell me a Bernie or Elizabeth Warren voter who's going to vote for Mike Bloomberg (laughs) as the nominee. Well, I'll, I'll two quick points. Uh, one is uh, Chris Anderson and I have been asking a question on the on the poll that that I really like. I like it because it's Chris's, um, and that is uh, <laughs> restoration versus revolution, basically amongst Democratic primary caucus voters. Right? Um, do, do you think the system needs to be basically blown up and we just need to you know start from scratch, or do you want a restoration to the kind of politics and governance that we saw under Obama? And it divides the party about fifty fifty. And what, what's interesting is the Bernie supporters are all in the, the revolution category. I'm not, a lot of the Warren supporters are, but not, not like the Bernie bros. Um, a, a related point is that one element is the psychological dynamic of the Democratic primary voters. And I, I think Steyerwalt's right on this, which is they're, they're, they really want to beat Trump. Uh, that's, that's everything. But the mechanics of the way the delegate process is going to be done What's happened in the past, in 2008-2016, is it quickly boiled down to a two-candidate race, and because of proportional allocation, you couldn't catch the front-runner, really. You know, if I, if I was up 55-45, there was no way you were going to catch me because everything's allocated proportionally. You need to have such a huge advantage to make up that deficit. Well, this time, I think that dynamic works to make it more difficult for, for a, a front-runner to actually get a majority, because I don't think the front-runner is going to be a 55 he or she's going to be at 40. And if you get two or three candidates remain in the race, you're not going to get to 50, especially with you know 50% of the delegates are going to be in the bank after Super Tuesday. So I, you're counting on the rest of the party to cave in, either to pull up their stakes and go home and allow the front runner to get to 50, 
or basically say we're happy with, let's say, Joe Biden at 42% of the delegates. You know, and even though Bernie's got 30, that's okay. Joe's clearly ahead. He should be the nominee. And is 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 that psychology actually going to? I think there's on. a question about Come this. On. With all due respect, there's a, a with there's a question about whether or not the Sanders people will buy into it or the Warren people will buy into it. But I think if you have one of those things, and much as I'm sure all, we want to help Chris Steiwalt get to a contested convention, I think the, <laughs> the modern day equivalent. Inshallah, <laughs> we'll chip in and put him on the bus. <laughs> The modern-day equivalent of the boss tweet of the Democratic Party, a.k.a. Barack Obama, the former president, I think is going to do everything he can to make sure that that party is unified. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm, I, I don't know this firsthand, but I suspect he is quite angry at Sanders over a lot of stuff. but particularly And Warren. And Warren. And so I think he's going to do what he can to make sure that if, if one candidate who is more acceptable to the mainstream is at 30, 40 percent and a leader – that he'll figure out a way to get them. The, pre- the pressure on everybody to get out of this race and get out of the way will be enormous. Mm-hmm. That includes Elizabeth Warren with her voters back in Massachusetts, who she will have to face again. That obviously Klobuchar's already said, you, like, you, we've got to unite quickly. This has to happen fast. Uh, you've got, it, it will, the Buttigieg, if he wants a life after this, he can't hang in there. Once you get out of Iowa, the pressure starts to apply on these lower tier candidates. And those are votes that Biden gets the lion's share of. He gets 70 percent of those votes as you roll up the bottom side of the field. On February 26, 2020, Brett and the panel shared their impressions of the primary race going into the South Carolina primary. We'll start there with our panel, Leslie Marshall, Democratic strategist and syndicated talk radio host, Mark Thiessen, Washington Post columnist, resident at AEI, and Chris Steyerwald, Fox News politics editor. Uh, Leslie, let's start with you. Uh, it was messy. It was kind of ugly. It was... Uh couldn't corral them to stop talking when they needed to stop. Yeah, Brett, your tweet made me laugh, actually. <laughs> during the Leslie, I'm interrupting you now. Yeah. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait a minute, guys. Leslie, guys, I have wrong. my hands up. Look at my hands. I have my hand up. I have my hand up. Um, I have my hand up, and you're being sexist because you're not uh, acknowledging my hand. No, I'm, I'm Pay for your plan, Leslie. <laughs> uh, listen, listen. This The moderators really needed – I'm not trying to bash moderators here, but there, there is a reality. You need to control it, and you need to control it right away. And Brett, you would know better uh, than I. You've certainly moderated uh, many more of these things than I have. But w- one of the things, and, and Chris and I were just talking off the air about this, um, this needed to happen sooner, which is stating how am I different? You know, one of these things is not like the other, but how am I different than those? one of those things? And that thing is that person, Bernie Sanders. But the other thing they needed to do was talk about the true opponent, and, and that is Trump. I saw Bloomberg do a little bit of that. Buttigieg does that. Buttigieg, uh, Buttigieg judge outlines why a, a Democratic Socialist, Bernie Sanders, should not be the Democratic nominee, how he and other moderates are different, how we as a party need to unite, and how Trump is the opponent. Chris Starwald, um, you know, Biden had a better than average Biden night. Yes, yes, um, yes. It was a little bit... Um, shouty. Shouty. It was a little like uh, energy equaled anger and right, volume. Right, right, right. right. Um, but he did hit a couple marks. If uh, if Biden and Bernie were arguing in a Denny's, you would leave, right? If they were, you would be like, "We should go. It's okay. Just forget about the moons over Miami. We're just gonna, gonna we're gonna go. go ahead and leave now." Uh, it was sort of like the guy at the bar who tells the stories, shouting, right? Exactly. And then we he went stepped to- on the ball. <laughs> 
Um, uh, look, he, he, the worst thing you can do to Bernie Sanders is take him seriously. If you want to stop Bernie Sanders, you're a Democrat, the worst thing you can do is take him seriously. What they tried to do and what Hillary Clinton tried to do four years ago is pat him on the head and tell him he's an adorable old kook and that love your energy, love your energy, Bernie. Um, but not take him seriously on policy. If you want to stop Bernie Sanders, if you're a Democrat and you want to stop Bernie Sanders, you have to do what they did last night and take him seriously. And you have to vet his record. And you have to talk about the warm and fuzzies about the Castro regime. You have to talk about his sympathy for these socialist regimes around the world. You have to talk about his plans. And they waited too long to do that. It's in part the candidate's fault, but it's also the fact that the DNC had screwed up this debate regime in such a thoroughgoing way that this is sort of an inevitability. Mark? Well, let's not overstate how well Joe Biden did last night. So, I mean, he, he killed half the American population to gun violence. Was, 150 million. Yeah. It was like Thanos from Avengers. <laughs> exactly. Snapping his finger and half the country disappears. You know, and nobody, of course, asked him to explain about his, you know, his convoluted story about having been arrested in South Africa when it turns out he wasn't arrested in South Africa. That and of seemed course, like a question that maybe would have made its way in. Yeah, no, exactly. So, I mean, you know, yeah, Joe Biden did well for Joe Biden. Well, that's why I prefaced <laughs> you it. Know, exactly. Right. But, you know, which, but I mean, that's a big problem for Buttigieg and, and for uh, Klobuchar, who are waiting for Biden to collapse so that they can start to claim, have the final, you know, cage match for the for the middle lane with with uh, with the uh, Bloomberg. Uh, so, you know, yeah. And and Bloomberg did better than he did last time. Again, the bar was low. The bar was low. I mean, that was probably the worst debate performance I've ever seen in modern times. Um, in the first one in Nevada, he did better. But I mean, he's like, you know, he doesn't smile. He doesn't. He, he just looks like an angry old rich guy, you know, standing on his, in front of his mansion saying, get off my lawn. <laughs> you know? He caught himself once saying he bought those houses. I bought those, yeah. seats. those, yeah, those seats. seats. I bought those seats. <laughs> I think some of his best moments, Not- Leslie, were the commercials that aired during <laughs> the debate. Hey, I do, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sitting here imagining Denny's with Biden and Bernie and the Avengers right now. Uh, <laughs> all together. Uh, honestly, it was. But you know what, Brett? I think it was such a bad idea for him to run those ads because in the ads, he's more entertaining and more interesting and more relatable and personable. And then it's like, no, but that's the guy who's right. I said the first time the it was the like stage. the Wizard of Oz where they pull back the uh, curtain and say, wait, yep. this is the guy? Well, this is the, the little the, man at Oz. Yeah, the, the wizard the, is the this cha- little guy. Guys, let's hold it right there. We'll continue after this. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. And on March 3rd, 2020, Brett and the panel discussed the state of the race as the candidates face Super Tuesday. We'll start there with our panel, Leslie Marshall, Democratic strategist and syndicated talk radio host, Mark Thiessen, Washington Post columnist and resident at AEI, and Chris Steyerwalt, Fox News politics editor. Chris, let's start with these three most recent dropouts. You have Tom Steyer, Mayor Pete Buttigieg and Senator Amy Klobuchar. Well, look, obviously, Pete Buttigieg uh, was the uh, sort of the big name here uh, in those leaving the race. Buttigieg, I mean, you have to feel bad for the guy. Here's somebody who won Iowa 
uh, did very well in New Hampshire. Uh, under the old rules of the game, this should have uh, just launched him into the stratosphere. But a couple of things were going against him. One was when Mike Bloomberg came in, he really sort of stepped on the line. He came in and sort of uh, covered that up because that was when his media blitz started. And in the space between New Hampshire and Nevada, Buttigieg got no bounce. And I think once that had gone away, uh, you know, that's pretty rough. For Amy Klobuchar, uh, I don't know whether she thought she was going to lose her home state. I suppose she must have thought there was a question of that. But also she wanted to – I believe that she was truly sincere and stayed with this theme for quite a while that Democrats had to unite, that it was essential for them to unite. And the fact that she, unlike Buttigieg, who needed a little more convincing to come in and endorse the only person he obviously could endorse, which was Joe Biden, uh, the fact that she did it all in one fell swoop – uh, and that she did it so convincingly uh, certainly makes the argument uh, for that. That's a lot of pressure. Uh, Tom Steyer, on the other hand, I since I don't know why he ran, I don't know why he dropped out. Um, I'm sure he had his own reasons. Um, the most expensive per delegate expenditure in human history, I'm sure that's right. Uh, millions of dollars per delegate won in the, in the final equation. I don't know who his votes go to. I don't know how that works out. Uh, but, you know, Americans should feel gratified about the fact that you can't buy an election. And uh, that's been proven again and again that that big money doesn't equal uh, big vote. We've seen more than 25 Democratic presidential candidates enter this race. Some of these candidates suspended their campaigns early, like Governor Jay Inslee or Senator Kirsten Gillibrand. However, other campaigns discovered later in the process that they lacked the support or money to continue, like Senator Cory Booker or Andrew Yang. Each suspending campaigns in this race uh, had their chance to pitch their vision of America to the rest of the country. The question is, where did these candidates and their campaigns go wrong? Uh, Mark, some of these campaigns really flamed out early, uh, <laughs> and they obviously got a lot of attention uh, by being loud at the beginning. But um, what about the, you learn from these campaigns that we thought were going to be something, like Kamala Harris, when she launched the conventional wisdom was this is it huge launch thousands and thousands of people speech attractive candidate and yet just never took off candidate quality matters i mean you know people people have reputations and they have a look and they have a name and then you get them on a debate stage and they're not really what they were uh, were cracked up to be um i, th- I think pro- the problem is you know, there's there's a candidate quality factor to be sure, but I think there's also the problem, the structural problem for a lot of these guys, which is on the and the people who were sort of contesting for the middle lane, uh, so so called, was just Biden's shadow looming large over this whole thing for months and months and months. He just c- completely dominated that lane, and there wasn't much oxygen for anyone else to get traction because everybody just thought he's the most electable guy, and yeah, he makes keep making these gaps, but he'll be all right. And then Biden stumbled. And, you know, a lot of these guys had fallen out along the way. And then, you know, Sanders and and uh, and uh, Warren just take up all the oxygen there. And even Warren can't compete with Bernie Sanders in that lane. So there was really no room on the left for any of these folks. So, uh, you know, it, it was inevitable that most of these people were going to fall away and one or two would stick around. And that's where we are. Right. And basically it comes to both the oxygen that they're getting in the race, their ability to get that and money. And frankly, they just run out. Thanks, guys. That's it for this week on the campaign. You can hear more of this series at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. We'll see you next time.
Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Janice Dean, Fox News Senior Meteorologist. Be sure to subscribe to the Janice Dean Podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to spread the sunshine.